Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back to continue the conversation with Gypsy. And I've got in store for us Shelly Hutchinson, a fantastic mother who's going to talk to us a little bit about motherhood and how it has enhanced her life and what it's like to keep it moving. And so we're going to welcome to the store, to the show, Shelly Hutchinson. Say hi, Shelly. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. Shelly um, and I met, oh, years ago. We will leave that (laughs) to the table. We won't talk about how many years ago. Well, it was definitely before um, she had kids and before I had puppies. And so uh, (laughs) we want to catch up on a few things that has happened uh, in her life as she has gone into the other phases. Uh, So um, welcome to the show, Shelly. Now, I know that you are married and have two uh, kids. How old? are your kids yes i have two boys and they are they just turned nine and seven Mm. and yeah they are uh we are they are both homeschooled right now um they are out of the public school system fully homeschooled since the pandemic Mm -hmm. um and yes i'm married i've been married for oh my gosh okay i forget 10 years is it 10 it's 10 (laughs) and um i had my kids i had my first kid about a year and a half later Mm -hmm. uh but i was you know, older when I had my children, I had basically had a full life before um, having kids, you know, a full, full career involving clubs and other countries and people and tours. And, you know, it's like crazy to even think about. Oh, man. Here we are. And we are, I know. And it's so crazy that you did have an opportunity to do and do some things in life. And now you are still making things happen. It was if you turned a page and it was like a new beginning with a different approach to life with your with your husband, uh, Brian, and you. And now you've got two kids. And um, as we look back, when you got pregnant and you um, were later in life, you kept dancing. I did. I kept dancing. I danced through both of my pregnancies um, and teaching mainly and choreographing and, um, you know, working on uh, professional projects um, out of New York City. Um, And then when I had my first son, I traveled with him to, let's see, gosh, I think he was on like 35 or 40 flights his first year. I just took him everywhere with me. You know, we went to Italy and Kiev and Germany. And, you know, I still kept working. Um, and then once I had my second kid about a year and a half later, it was pretty close together. I realized I really wasn't able to sustain that sort of lifestyle. It was really sort of like this blurred sort of transition from, you know, not having kids and not being married to having kids, being married. And then how do I make my career work with children when I'm used to just kind of running around all the time and, and having that sort of high level energy Um, with kids but just logistically it was like how do I have two babies in each Uh arm and you know get on a plane and I would do it but it was it was tough I mean my schedule was crazy sometimes I look back and I'm just like how did I even make that work they just went everywhere with me but you know you it you get to the toddler you know age and it's like pretty much impossible to sustain that with two of them plus they're high energy kids you know so I sort of you know tried to like water it down a little bit and just stay mainly in the city Um, but then I was you know carting them in from Brooklyn, you know, every day. That's still a journey. That's always a journey. It's like traveling to a, a foreign country. Um, yes. And so you were having, 
you had them on planes uh, and trains and automobiles at, at an early age. So at least your kids had a chance to. That's so great, though, that you were able to have that energy and the ability um, to, to stay working. Um, lots of women in different professions don't get an opportunity to do that and to take them with you. So what a, an awesome opportunity for these kids to grow up experiencing uh, different cultures and such. Um, now, yes, do you and, and, dance? Do you what's that? Dance? Um, you know, my oldest son, when he was, uh, you know, from like two to four or five, he was in hip, he, he took hip hop classes and they danced. Um, and now, you know, they're to the point where like, you know, they see videos online and sometimes I think they think, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't think they want any of my advice or like professional opinion on much. Um, so I'm pretty, I've surrendered to that. Like, it's cool. I'm just, I'm just your mom. Like they don't, they don't want to know who I, and if I tell them that I've worked with someone that they know, like an artist or something, then mm-hmm. it blows their mind. But if it comes out of my mouth strictly from, from my mouth, they, they don't want to hear it. Um, but you know, we pop around the house all the time and we dance around the house all the time. And from a, a, a you know, teacher's point of view, when I put on my like teacher eye and I watch them dance, I think like, oh man, I wish they could, you know, get into class and, you know, but they're, they're both baseball players and um, they, they, they're re- we're really into sports. So they know that, you know, once they, you know, my nine-year-old's getting ready to go on a travel team, they know that if they're going to do that, they have to take ballet and they have to, you know, they're going to have to take one dance class, like to yes. keep up with alignment and all that. They're fully aware of that's the deal. So we'll see how long that lasts and how that goes. <laughs> I think that is just awesome. And I do know you have a very active family and and that's where just your energy to be able to keep up with these kids and to keep it going. um, It definitely must have come from, um, are you doing anything special on the inside? Is there like a special diet that we should be aware of or is it just your determination and love? I mean, I think it's, I have to be honest and say like, I hate protein shakes, so it ain't that. Um, I think it's love and I, you know, I have to be honest and candid about this, that like when I first had my babies, there was a sense in keeping up and staying relevant that was important to me. Like I, I think that, you know, energetically I had to keep up because I was afraid to not be relevant anymore. And that has shifted now that they're older to how do I then, you know, let them see that I still have passion and something to say and something to give to other people um, in form of teaching or creativity or producing. Um, I've shifted into a lot of charity work. So I produce a lot of charity events. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that a lot of that has been a little bit more on hold this year. But, you know, I they are they've been to all my shows. They are fully aware of like what I do in the world of sort of anthropology, you know, I don't know. I just, I I want them to see that charity work is important to fuse with the arts and how you can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it has shifted from wanting to stay relevant and then slowly getting out of that. That's what I meant by like a blurred transition that I feel like I slowly have moved into, um, you know, showing them that I do it because I love it. But, um, you know, the interesting thing is, is that they've never, I don't think they've ever really wanted for my love or attention. Mm. And I don't think my work has ever wanted for love and my love and attention. I think that I have shifted the self-care part to the side. And that's what I've realized this year is like the self-care part has to also have a voice. And so it's like, 
instead of putting, um, you know, like kids first work, second, me third, I think like within the specifics of that, like if my kids have like, um, you know, like a Valentine's day party at school and I'm the class parent, I might have a work gig. That's really important that I have to attend to that. I won't be able to make that Valentine's day party. Right. Mm -hmm. But then there might be like a work gig that I might have to turn down because you know what? I promised my kid I'd go on the field trip with them. So I think it's like, you have to look at it in terms of like, um, the departments within each priority and, and break it down that way. Um, because I think if I generalize it, then a lot of stuff gets ignored that shouldn't get ignored. Um, so I think the energy is fueled by love. I think just love for what I do, love for my kids, um, love for myself and wanting them to see that, uh, if you have that, you know, you can really get a lot done. Yeah. You have a lot of love, you get a lot done. That I know that's the truth. Amen to that. <laughs> Um, and right. love, <clears throat> I know that um, New York got hit really hard with the coronavirus um, yeah. and um, your family, um, you had some personal experiences with it. Yeah. So what's crazy is, um, you know, we locked down. I had a show that I was producing that was opening March 14th. And then I had another show that was opening on the 20th and the 21st of March. And so on the 12th, I had to make the, the choice uh, to cancel it. Um, much like I think the I think Moulin Rouge had, had closed their matinee that day and that was sort of like whoa you know that never happens at like 1 p.m. I think they closed it and so I think the buzz around New York was like okay this is happening we're all shutting down so I had also made the choice to, to close my show and then I came home on the 12th of March and never left and we were quarantined for I think at that point like six and a half weeks Mm. And, um, you know, literally not going anywhere but our driveway. And when I tell you, I mean, we were doing like basketball games in our driveway and WWE matches. And, you know, I was doing obstacle courses and I was really trying to keep the kids happy and energetic. Meanwhile, shifting all my classes online to the Zoom world. Right. So teaching from my basement was the new space. And we just had this like little like like house with like everything happening in it at once with these two kids that were really energetic and just I was trying to give them a sense of like, we're going to make the best of this thing. And then one day my husband um, just got really, really ill and there was a lot of pain involved and it was raining outside. It had been raining for four days straight. So the kids and I couldn't go outside. And we were literally, I remember sitting on the kitchen floor with them making chocolate chip cookies, listening to my husband scream upstairs in pain and going like, okay, we have hit a wall. This is, I'm not really quite sure how I'm supposed to keep my kids laughing at this point. Right. Um, we got turned away from the hospital and the, the night we called 911, we were turned away because at that point, remember, they had not had all the information about COVID. It was so early on. This they is weren't. Is this this was, this was, sorry, this was six and a half weeks after. So this was like end of April, mm -hmm. maybe end of April, early May. Maybe it was like four and a half, something along those lines. It was the end of April. Yeah. So, you know, the 911 came and said, like, if you want, if you, we didn't know it was COVID at this point. But they said, if you want COVID, go to come with us. Like hospitals are stacked. And so we had made the choice to just kind of try to treat my husband at home. And the next day, my 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 youngest got 105 fever. So I, you know, basically threw my other son in front of an iPad for three days. Um, and I just tried to take care of the other two um, without any medical attention. And then it got to the point where I had to take them in. So I just, I sent my... Um, young, oldest son to my brothers in Maryland. He came mm. up and got them and just kind of like took a risk and sent him away. And then um, my, uh, my, my youngest son and my husband were in the, in the hospital 
in and out. And at that time, they weren't testing kids either. So it was tricky, you know, uh, they, they, it wasn't something they took all kinds of blood, but they weren't testing kids. Um, so it was very early on to have that happen. Now there's a system in place, right? right there's like, right. we know so much more. So it was scary in the sense that I was alone. Um, I didn't have anyone to watch, you know, my children while I ran my husband to the hospital for the fourth time at four in the morning. Like it was very, um, eye-opening in terms of how do I shift everything mm -hmm. to the side and focus on health, mental health and physical health for my family and for myself. And we have not turned back from that. Um, being healthy and you and I have talked about this, like is mm -hmm. priority, you know, you have your health, you can have pretty much what you need. Um, so yeah, we've you know still quarantining. Um, I went into the city yesterday because you know we're supposed to start going back soon. Um, but it's it's not the same. It's it's definitely um there's some absence in the city in terms of energy and people. Mm -hmm. Um but you know I think that's just because a lot of people are doing what we're supposed to be doing, which is just stay inside, sit tight and hang on and take care of yourself. Take your vitamins and do yep. what you need to do for your mental health. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's tough. You know, a lot of people, I think, either are alone too much or not alone enough. Right. Um, and I think, you know, uh, I find myself in the latter. Um, but, you know, I, I want to I, I feel more comfortable having everyone here with me right now than having them in the hospital. So we're, we're, we're taking it easy. We're really tiptoeing into this new, you know, 2021 coming out of the pandemic. Slowly we're tiptoeing. Yeah, and, and that is exactly what's happening at our household as well. And, you know, being in L.A. and you're in New York, it's like mm -hmm. having the two different dynamics. Um, we I started taking it seriously right away. And interesting enough, coronavirus, um, I think, which is was is such a. Um, an internal um, life awakening for everybody on so many different levels. Like every human being is is affected by this in some kind of way, and um, and it's what you take out of it is how you come out of this coronavirus pandemic is what sets us up for the future. And it wasn't easy for everybody else. It was definitely um, a roller coaster on all emotions, and and for you experiencing the unknown, unknown unknown right when we're all trying to figure it out people are dying all over and there you are um feeling healthy your husband's sick your son's sick you're yeah. trying to keep your other son from getting sick and you're like i can't get sick because yeah. if i get sick I now we can take care of everybody else and so that's yeah. why we are all trying to grow in some kind of way and i'm hoping about thinking of growing up and brighter um from this and especially not neglecting the darkness that, that yes. the coronavirus has brought forth and showing us um, from everything from racial injustice and equality. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I was curious about is since having kids and now yeah. since with coronavirus, as you, as I see on your Instagram, you're always out and about doing some type of dancing and yeah. choreography, even in the <laughs> snow. I'm like, I don't, I'm like, she's like, it's slippery out here. I'm like, cause it's the snow, girl. But um, <laughs> have you found um, since motherhood and with the um, the change of having a full life and dance and, and creativity up until getting married and then having children, has that changed your approach and to choreography and what you bring to the choreography um, uh, since having children and since 
the coronavirus has that tapped into anything deeper that you convey more in your choreography a hundred percent i mean i think um when my kids were really young like babies i was really more in the i was really in the contemporary dance style world in terms of what i was putting out there i had my own company um you know we were doing all kinds of shows and and um gigs and i was really in that world and then you know, once my kids started to get older, I think the time that I had on my hands to create something more complex mm -hmm. just wasn't there. So I had to adjust and I had to shift. And so now that they're older, I'm finding myself back in the jazz world and the musical theater world in terms of work mm -hmm. and uh, choreography that I'm putting out. And, you know, I, I often, you know, don't have the energy at nine o'clock when everyone's in bed and everything's put away and I'm finally to myself. I'm I'm trying basically to not just drool on myself and fall asleep, honestly. So it's like, how am I going to create anything right now? So I really find myself like if my kids are at the kitchen counter and they're eating or coloring or doing whatever while I'm making dinner, I'm often choreographing a jazz phrase while I'm stirring my macaroni and cheese. Right? And it's kind of an insane life but it works for me right now and it's what i'm doing and i feel satisfied i feel fulfilled um like you said dancing out in the snow i mean the other day you know the the kids were getting their stuff on ready to go out in the snow and you know i don't know in new york we have like two and a half feet here the snow just keeps coming down which is great for going out and playing um but dancing i don't know you know i put on my stuff and i'm like i'm gonna head out i'll meet y'all out there and i'll go out there and i'll just create a phrase real quick and i'll get my gopro and i'll put it on the ground and i'll video it and i'll throw it online and part of me doing that is saying like, look, this is my life right now. Right. My work is so unpolished. Like I'm in snow boots and I'm dancing to the black crows, but I want to put it out there just to say I'm still in it. I'm still churning. I'm still creating. I haven't stopped. And I think the minute I stop creating, I'll probably be on my deathbed because they <laughs> don't know right. Like how to not do that. And so I kind of loop my kids into my creative choreography world and you know we're just they're kind of a, just a part of it with me just like I'm a part of their their life at home here you know part of their game playing and their schooling and um we're kind of just like a team right now and so yeah I'm just making it work but I think it's important for artists right now as a whole to not uh feel that we have to uh, edit and cut and paste our work so that we present it in a way that's really tight and organized, maybe the way that it was in 2019, beginning of 2020. I think that it's really about like, you just do what you need to do right now to keep it moving. It's like that, that idea, we're just trying to keep it going and keep it moving and do the next right thing. And if that looks like, you know, choreographing in your bedroom with your closet behind you, then that's what you do. And I think that this idea of being forgiving about the finished product is really important right now for all of us. Hey, um, man. Right? Oh, preach, preach. And I, girl, I'm just going to give you a high five amen on that because that has been my revelation that I have had to come to terms and grips with um, is to embrace that just to be alive and to be a creative is my gift. And yeah. I don't need to judge when and how I do it. I just need to be it. Creativity, yeah. whether I'm in the kitchen, whether I'm playing with the dogs, whether I'm walking and the lack of that creativity is what will depress you and it will kill you and it will destroy you and it will age you. 
Yes. I want you to know, as a Renaissance woman, this is why I really wanted to have you on the show. Because if anyone follows your Instagram, they can see that you have continued to keep it moving. And those kids, those boys are so lucky. They've got culture. <laughs> they got a chance to see the world at a young age. They've got this amazing mom who just <laughs> wants to keep it moving. And ever since yeah. I've ever, ever known you and ever, ever met you, the sincerity in the, those eyes and your smile when you look at people, it is genuine. And it's trying to keep that as you get older and keeping it moving is what makes you an amazing, amazing Renaissance woman. And that's what you are. And your kids are so lucky. You better take ballet if you're going to do baseball. They'll be like, how was he able to drop into a split at the <laughs> home plate to win the game? Yes. Split down. Just shimmy in the hands, knows all the language. They know, you know, it's funny when we put their clothes, when we put their gloves on to go out in the snow, my youngest one will hold out his hands and go, jazz hand? And I'll say, yeah, hold out your jazz hand. And then I put your glove on like that. I can't get, I can't get to your fingers if you don't have, if you don't jazz hand, open your hands. Don't hyperextend it. Open no. Um, but yeah, no, they, they have to, they have to know that. Thank you for your compliments. You're so, so, well, so kind. I, I appreciate you you know, having me on here to speak about some things artistically that I find of such um, sort of importance around accepting who we are right now mm -hmm. um, and really living in the now, right? I find that with, um, I found that with like a, the, 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 the school system in our area, mm -hmm. you know, has really seemed, I, they're all doing their best. And, you know, I'm teacher for teacher, 100%. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, I'm also really for, you know, districts using opportunities to not try to normalize what we're doing and saying like, you know, we have a, an opportunity here to make this an abnormal learning experience for kids. And um, so I, I'm trying to not, you know, compare, you know, this year to two years ago or compared to what we normally do. It's like really being present and saying like, this is not, this is abnormal. This is new territory for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important that we just remember who we are and what it is that we have to say. And in the way that we say it, it's not really going to matter in terms of platform or format. It's like, you know, say it with kindness, say it with love and say it with the intention that you have and however you want to put it out there, that's up to you. But I think as audiences, it would be lovely for all of us to be able to just say, gosh, thanks for putting that out. You know, I mean, we've learned that from TikTok, right? You look at TikTok and there's, there's no production in TikTok really, right? There is, but it's, it's not, it's just everyday beings living their lives and putting out content that is hilarious <laughs> or, you know, like, and you get a lot of entertainment from that. So, I mean, I think we've seen that that's okay. And I think in this time to be forgiving around how we say what we want to say is really important. Yes. And, and you better say that because I um, really want to try to live in the light and live in the love. And um, how can we find a little bit more about what's happening with you? So you're still teaching classes online. If anybody wants to experience some Shelley Hutchison, how can they find out? 
Oh, so sweet. So I am teaching online. I teach online for Broadway Dance Center for open classes. And then I'm also on faculty at Pace University. It's an adjunct professor for um, jazz. And so we are doing classes now online and we're supposed to be heading back in person um, for in-person learning for the rest of the semester. So that's sort of new, you know, to be able to step back into where we were um, in the space a year ago. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, in the middle of putting together um, sort of uh, the, my next move for a charity show that I'm working on. Um, you know, I'm trying to avoid taking a show and putting it online um, because I really want to keep the experience live. So we're just working on a new format for how I can take, you know, the, the ideas and the um, concepts that I have for the charity shows that I was working on in 2020 and how can I shift them into making it work for 2021. That, that works and that raises money for pediatric cancer, breast cancer, and then I'm on board on the board of directors for a uh, orphanage in Kenya where I'm raising money for uh, the, the the school there it's called the international school of champions and yeah. um you know important I that i that. try to get the money yeah yeah international school of champions um headed by a wonderful champion shelly hutchinson now listen I, um, will you yes. be doing the um the giving tree festival is that, um and i'm so first off excited to see how we and this is why i say we're in a new renaissance how we continue to take this this time that we have to continue to push the envelope on creativity and push people's yes. minds and imaginations. And the one thing that the Renaissance um, is doing for us is to remind us that there is creativity. That's what we all went to when the pandemic hit. That's what's gonna take yes. us out of the pandemic. And this is the age of Aquarius, everybody. And um, oh, and I believe, Shelly, you're, a, am I right or wrong, an Aries? I'm an Aries, I'm Happy. an Aries. That's it, right there, Aries. Get it going, get it going. I'm Taurus. Yeah, I will follow you're you. You're Taurus. Yeah. We will be there. We will work it out together. Uh, All right. Well, yeah, Shelly, yeah. Um, we at the continue the conversation with Gypsy. Um, we'll keep on our website updates about um, our guests and what they've been doing and in their charity. So we'll so definitely much. get that updated and get um, your information put up there. And please come back and let me know and keep me informed of all the charity events and what's happening uh, with your new projects that you've got going. I will 100% and thank you for having me. I just adore you and adore that you're, you know, making this a space for all of us to, to converse and connect. And I, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me. Well, we Always. thank you, Shelly Hutchison, from joining us and keeping it moving and keeping uh, Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, Shelly Hutchinson, and we will talk to you later. Peace. Okay, dear. Bye. Oh, Shelly, Shelly Hutchinson. Thank you, Shelly. Making sure that we keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. So we are going to uh, go ahead and talk about what's coming up next week. We've got Life in the New Renaissance is going to be doing a special feature, Music Lives On. For the next few um, episodes, we've got performance artists that are going to come out and showcase some of their EP work and their albums and their recordings and talk a little bit about how their life has has changed and how they're keeping music live and keeping it moving on from 
um, each coast, west coast, and even overseas. So we will catch you later. Starting next week, we've got Carmen Craiglow, an LA native here. I, I'm one of my LA friends hanging out. She is going to um, come join us on Continue the Conversation to talk about her recently released EP titled Carmen Craiglow. So remember, people, create with love. Love to create. Love yourself and the world will be a much better place. That's right, y'all know I say that. The world will be a much better place. So listen, hang out and and chill out and keep it moving, keep it moving. I'll see y'all next week on Monday on Continue the Conversation with Gypsy. We're out. Revelation